that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I want to talk about the most misunderstood subject in the Bible, and it is repentance. Now, why would I say repentance is the most misunderstood subject in the Bible? Well, because it is. <laughs> That's the most simplistic answer I can give you. I mean, think about it. Most people... Their concept of repentance, I don't even know if they have a concept of repentance. For the most part, it is, yeah, I raised my hand, gave my heart to the Lord, and that's it. And from there, they don't think about it anymore. You know, we all, people come to a, a, a fork in the road when they get into a relationship with God. And the road to the left says, you have arrived and it just goes down there to a cul-de-sac and just goes around and around in circles. You have arrived. The road to the right, though, says the journey to knowing God and understanding God. And most people never take that road to the right. They take the road to the left that says you have arrived. They get on the merry-go-round of churchianity and they go around circles for the rest of their lives thinking, I'm okay. So the most misunderstood subject in the Bible is repentance. In Acts 2 and verse 38, it says this, Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall, notice that, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Do you have the Holy Spirit? It is a gift. And God says, if you repent, if, the biggest two-letter word in the English language. If you repent, you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is why this is so important. Important is because if it's not real repentance, then you're not going to receive the Spirit of God. If it's just, yeah, I gave my heart to the Lord. Oh, that was all settled long ago. Maybe your parents took you to be baptized at age eight. Maybe as an infant, you were sprinkled or whatever, you know, a little bit of water thrown on you. And, and, and people don't think about it from that point. Oh, that was settled long ago, and I don't have to think about it anymore. And I sure don't have to think about the subject of repentance. So if it's not real repentance... And let me, let, me, let me clarify something for you. Repentance is an ongoing process. Why is it an ongoing process? Well, because you make mistakes. We make mistakes. And therefore, I'm going to have to grow in my relationship with God. As It's called conversion. Okay, As I get closer to God, there are things I'm going to have to repent of throughout my life. I'm going to have to change my direction, you see. So it's an ongoing process. It's not something that you just did one time long ago, you see. So what I'm saying is, if it's not real repentance, and if you don't know how repentance works, that it is an ongoing process, chances are you're not going to be given the Holy Spirit of God. Now, now, why is this so important? Romans 8 and verse 9. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. 
Yeah, if you don't have the Spirit of God, you're not a true Christian. And if I ask you, do you have the Spirit of God? You should be able to, without a doubt, without even thinking about it, be able to say, yes, there was a time in my life when I, and you should be able to identify when that time was. You should be able to identify what is the process. Because there is a step-by-step by step process for receiving the Spirit of God. You should know all of that and identify that. And so if I ask you, do you have the Holy Spirit of God? You should be able to say absolutely and not have to think about it. Okay. So let's take a look at repentance. What repentance is not. Yes, what repentance is not. There's a lot of misconception about what repentance is and is not. Okay, repentance is not a religious track that you pick up or found, find laying on the driveway like I did one time. And I picked it up and it said, uh, ask a few questions, a few simplistic questions. And it said, sign on the dotted line, mail it in, and you're saved. That's not repentance. That doesn't even come close to repentance. Okay. Repentance is not a one-time decision that you made long ago. Oh, I raised my hand. I gave my heart to the Lord. That's not repentance. Okay. Uh, repentance is not a, a desire to appear religious and go to church. Do you know how many people I have met that just like to go to church? They just love it because it makes them look spiritual, right, religious, it's what everybody else, it's what my parents are doing, it's what my, expected of me. And a lot of people just go to church for the sake of going to church. It's what they've done. It's what they're used to. Okay? Repentance is not a desire to appear religious and go to church. Repentance is not a desire to know God. Now, just because you desire to know God, I mean, I've met people who have said, They've loved God all of their lives. As a child, they've loved God. And I've never have understood that because I've, and throughout my life, I've had some problems with God and, and uh, misunderstandings about God and, and ignorance about God. And hasn't, I haven't always trusted God. I haven't always loved God. I haven't always known God. And it's just a lot of things about, about me and my personal life throughout my calling has been sort of anti-God and, and misunderstandings about God. So, yeah, I struggle to know. But I met people who have told me they've loved God since a child. Okay. That's not repentance. Repentance is not a desire to know God. Repentance is not believing in Jesus. I mean, how many people have you met? What is it? 89% of the American population claim to believe in Jesus? Big deal. That's not repentance. Okay? Repentance is not eternal life. Now, get this. Now, the reason I say this is, is if I could give you a pill that would give you eternal life, who wouldn't want it? You go into an old folks' home and say, hey, hey, folks, you know, hey, you bunch of old fossils, uh, I'll give you this pill and you can have eternal life. Well, who would turn it down? Okay, so that's why I say repentance is not a desire to have eternal life because everybody wants to live forever, but that's not repentance. Okay, that is not repentance. Repentance is not salvation. Now, the reason I say this is, 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 is because of how many people have raised their hand and given their hand to the preacher, their heart to the Lord, and assume, therefore, I am saved. Without a trace, believe me, without a trace of repentance, they couldn't even tell you 
what it was they were doing that is wrong. They can't tell you the definition of sin. And if you don't know the definition of sin, the biblical definition of sin, you've never repented. So just can the religious thing. Just, just quit it. Okay? No use of you getting it, dressing up and going to church. If you don't know right now, tell me the definition of sin. If you can't, the biblical definition of sin. If you can't quote that like that, you're wasting God's time. You're wasting his time. Okay, because it's not repentance. Now, you see, the hard part for God is not saving you. I mean, the hardest part has already been accomplished, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's already been, so the hard part has already been accomplished as far as God is concerned in saving your rear end. Okay, here's the hard part. The hard part is getting you lost. And that's not really not that hard because in a world like we live in, an ungodly, sensual, prurient, perverted, uh, screwed up, diabolical, evil, lying, thieving, cheating, in a world like that in which we live, it's not hard to get you lost. But here's the hard part. Getting you to admit and realize that you're lost. You see, your ego won't go there. The reason some of you have never responded to this program is because your ego won't let you go there. You've sort of settled in your mind that you're okay. That, yeah, I'm, I've gone to church all my life, and I'm a good person. I'm a Christian, you know, and I know God, and I don't want to grieve everything he says, but I know God, and when he talks about obeying God, I don't want to grieve that at all, but uh, I know God, you see. It's your ego that keeps you from, from responding to the call of repentance. And that's what I'm asking you to do, to respond to the call of repentance. So what is repentance? It is a way of life that begins the day that you accept Christ as your personal Savior, the day that you go down into the waters of baptism, the day that you have hands laid on you for the receiving of the Holy Spirit, the day that you receive the Spirit of God, God's Spirit unites with your spirit. There is a spirit in man. It's what makes you, you. But it's only, it's incomplete, the spirit in man. It needs a sec you need a second spirit called the spirit of God in order to make you whole. So what is repentance? It is a way of life. Matthew 4 and verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I want to talk about life before repentance because... You know, there are, chances are there's going to be some things that you can relate to here that the unconverted mind can relate to as I talk about life before repentance. I think the unrepentant sinner realizes there are things about his life that, you know, just isn't working. And for example, Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right unto a person, but the end is the way of death. Yeah, I mean, there, there is a pursuance of something. You pursue something that you think is right. And you find out, oh, man, that led to a dead-end street. Oops, another dead-end street. Oops, another dead-end street. I'm still not happy. I'm still not content. I feel, still hadn't found my purpose, meaning in life. You know, it's like that song by the Bee Gees, uh, uh, How Do You Mend a Broken Heart? You know, I, I, 
I can think of younger days. Uh, that's my Robin Gibbon impression. But, but I can think of younger days when living for my life was everything a man could want to do. I could never see tomorrow, but I was never told about the sorrows. Yeah, all the sorrows that came because you were living a life without repentance. It's just living, you know, it's my life. I'm living it for myself. And it leads to a lot of mistakes without the guidance of God and the Holy Spirit in your life. Remember, there is a spirit in man, but it's complete. You're incomplete with just the spirit in man. You were designed, you were created to need another spirit to unite with your spirit to make you whole, to make your life work. It's called the spirit of God. Uh, Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 2 says, Vanity, vanity, says the teacher. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Now this life before repentance, it's just an emptiness about your life. You know, you just realize, man, I'm just not getting that much out of life. There is an emptiness. Now I realized realize this as a teenager. I was at a pool party. I've never been a people person, so I sort of got off by myself and we're watching people jump in the pool and one, one guy was throwing up and, and, you know, he's drinking too much and people were drunk and they were laughing and they were dancing and they were and I just look look I got back off to myself and I looked at it all and I said you know there's got to be more to life than this if, if this is all there is to it oh my goodness I'm missing something and I realized that at age you know maybe 18 Jeremiah 10 and verse 23. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. Now, how do you know that? How do you know the unrepentant sinner, you know, how do you know that it's not in the way of man to direct his steps? You know that by mistakes. One mistake after the other. One stupid thing that you do right after the other. That's how we know that it is not in man to direct his own steps. And the reason is, is because you're incomplete with just the spirit in man. You need a second spirit. You need another. You need the spirit of God to unite with your spirit to make you whole, to make you complete. And start living life like you were intended to live life. Okay. So what is repentance? Well, repentance means to turn away from self-centeredness, the self. And turn our lives over to God's correction and control. Now, listen, if you think this is easy, I got some swamp land in the Mojave Desert I want to sell you real cheap. This is not easy. This is, really, it's impossible without God's Spirit in your life to, do, to even do this. But we come to a point of surrender. We come to a point where we say, yeah, I see my mistakes. I want to surrender to you so that I may receive the Spirit of God. And you go down in the waters of baptism and you accept Christ as your personal Savior and your sins are forgiven and you have hands laid on you for the receiving the Spirit of God and your life will never be the same. You see, the reason repentance is so hard is because we perceive we're giving up something about ourselves and we're not sure we want to give that up, you see. We think that we're turning away from something that has given us great benefit. And you see, addiction, sin, often does that. It, it gives you a temporary satisfaction. It doesn't last forever, but it's temporary satisfaction. And we sort of, it, it's, it's, it's a matter of, it's issue of trusting God. I'm willing to give this up, even though I get some joy out of it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Things that are wrong, sins, 
They give us temporary joy. They do. Pleasure. Oh, yeah. So it's an issue of trust. Now, there's two kinds of repentance. I want to talk about two kinds of repentance. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 10 it says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to re be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Okay, godly repentance. We're going to talk about this first one, two types, types of repentance. First one is godly repentance, is a way of life. It's not something that you do one time at baptism. That's why the, the crazy statement, all that was settled long ago, doesn't make any sense, you see. The objective of godly repentance is salvation. That's what you're working toward. And it leads to a change of heart. That's what the expression not to be repented of means, because your heart changes, you see. Through godly repentance, you no longer desire the sinful thing you once desired. And you see, it's a process. Now, Christians fall into the trap of sin and confess, sin and confess, sin and confess. Now, if you sin, you are supposed to confess your sins. But sin and confess, sin and confess, for a, a protracted long period of time is not real repentance. You see, real repentance is a change of heart. It's a change of desire. It's no longer you desire to do this thing, you understand. And so I think a lot of Christians fall into this trap of just thinking, well, okay, all I got to do is just, just confess it and God will forgive me. Well, yeah, that's a promise that if you confess your sins, God will forgive you, but that's not victory. That's not overcoming. That's not being free from that thing that tripped you up. And so that's, that's, uh, that's what we call real repentance. Repentance is a learned behavior. And that's why we have to repent multiple times of the same sin. You ever wonder why, why, you know, I repented of that 20 times already or 30 times or 100 times already. Well, the reason often that happens is because the Holy Spirit is leading you to a greater understanding, a greater conviction of that sin. And it is a process. Romans 2 and verse 4 says, Or despise thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. Now, at baptism you have what I call an initial phase of repentance. But it is the goodness of God that leads one into real repentance. Your repentance at baptism is one thing, but it will get stronger. It will get deeper. It will get more mature as we age in, in the Lord. The Holy Spirit teaches us what real repentance is. And that's why it's so important to have the Spirit of God. Because at baptism, yeah, you've just been given. You have hands laid on you for the receiving of the Spirit of God. You've, you have the Spirit of God at that moment. But it's going to lead you into real repentance, you see. And without the Holy Spirit, you cannot come to real repentance, is what I'm saying. You can come to a superficial repentance. All that was taken care of long ago. But without the Spirit of God, you know, without the Spirit, you can repent. But it's a different kind of repentance. Remember, remember, we talked about two kinds of repentance. One is godly repentance. Now we're going to look at another kind of repentance. And this scripture tells us, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. 
So let's talk about worldly sorrow. Then that's another type of repentance. Worldly sorrow regrets only sin's discovery and leads merely to dreading the consequences of sin. I regret this cancer I got from the smoking addiction, but there is no change in behavior. Okay, that, that's, that's worldly sorrow. Uh, real repentance leads to a change of behavior. Many people exhibit worldly sorrow. They are very upset at the natural consequences of their sins and for being caught. That's why you have the television evangelist just crying like a baby because he got caught with a prostitute in a motel or something like that. You know. now, now, if you compare Peter's remorse and repentance with Judas' bitterness and suicide, you know, you can see the difference between the two godly repentance and worldly sorrow. Now, both denied Christ, Peter and Judas. One repented and was restored to faith and service. The other took his own life. Now, in Psalms 51 and verse 2, now we're switching back to real repentance. David says, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be justified when you speak and cleared when you judge. Yeah, real repentance is realizing that I have sinned before God. Period. Oh yeah, you may sin you know, against your wife, against your family, against your children, against other people. But most important, I have sinned against my Creator. I have sinned against God. Now, repent of what is the question. You know, my mother tells a story about Billy Graham in his younger days. He would say, what must you do to be saved? Nothing. Well, eventually he changed his tune and said, well, you do need to repent. But it's a little too late to do the right thing now, you know, once you've sent that message out to millions of people. But, you know, when we talk about coming down to the altar, you know, uh, 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 you know, basically it's a remorse for wrongdoing, you know. But if you were to ask, what were you doing that the Bible defines as sin? Most people cannot give you the answer to that question. They wouldn't know what they're doing that the Bible defines as sin. Now, I'm going to tell you the biblical definition of sin here in just a minute. But let's face reality. Can people actually worship the Lord, acknowledge that he is Lord, and, not, and yet not enter into the kingdom? Okay, is that possible? Matthew 7 and verse 21. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, it's about doing, you see. It's not just about accepting, you know. Now, now why? Why don't they enter into the kingdom? Because they don't have any repentance. They have not repented is the reason. You know, many people feel they have received salvation, but in reality, they have failed to take even the first step. Now, how is this possible? Well, it's possible because people are led to believe that all I got to do is just believe in Jesus, which basically means acknowledge that he exists. And there's nothing they must do. There, there is no repentance, you know, and, and look, most people don't want to do anything anyway. You know, if, if, if I got up here and told everybody there's nothing you must do, just believe, just accept, just invite Jesus into your heart, you know, I could make millions of dollars. I could build a mega church teaching that nonsense. But I'm about telling you the truth, whether you like it or not. Okay. And what I'm saying is you need to repent. That's what I'm saying. Quit playing church and repent. 
1 John 2 and verse 4, He that says, I know him, and keeps not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So, what do we need to repent of? Well, we need to repent of sin. What is sin? If you did a survey and asked a thousand religious people, probably not one could tell you the definition. 1 John 3, 4, Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. The law is the Ten Commandments. Okay, That's what you are to repent of, of breaking of the Ten Commandments, including the Fourth Commandment. All right. When we talk about the law of God, there's a problem. Mankind has a carnal mind. Now, what's wrong with a carnal mind? It's the way we come into the world with a carnal mind. It's an anti-law mind. It, resent, it, res, it, it resents and rejects the law of God. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. That's the kind of mind that we have that we come into the world with. So, when we go down into the waters of baptism... And we take this carnal anti-law mind and we bring it to real repentance. But that is a work of the Holy Spirit. We have to admit that our own hostility toward the law of God. I don't really want to do this, Lord. I know you say it's right, but I don't want to do it. We have to admit that and then repent, go down into the waters of baptism, and the spirit that you receive at baptism changes all that. It changes this, you know this mind, this carnal mind that we have. Now, you know as well as I do that instead of admitting that I have a carnal mind that resents the law of God, most people will say, well, the problem is not my carnal mind. The problem is that old nasty law of God. And they create a no-law theology that says the law has been abolished, been nailed to the cross. We don't have to do that. Yeah. True repentance is a new creature in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We must repent, receive the Spirit of God, and do good works God commands us to do in the Bible. Now, if we believe God's Word, we will be living within His law. And this is demonstrated, a demonstration of our faith in Jesus Christ. If we fail to obey our Savior, we will be called outlaws. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians that go to church who, who could be summarized as outlaws. Hebrews 5 and verse 6, verse 9, excuse me, says, And being made, speaking of Jesus, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Yeah, this is the heart of the matter. It's about doing what God says to do. Jesus became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Luke 15 and verse 7. I say unto you, Jesus said, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Do you realize what this is saying? This is saying we're talking about the 1%. Who are the 1%? The ones who actually repent. Matthew 7 and verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it, 
for the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it. You know, you've been told the exact opposite all your life. You've been told that salvation is the easiest. There's just all kinds of room to come on down, give your heart to the Lord. You know, you, you've been lied to all of your life about this you, and you've been told the exact opposite of what we just read here. No, the way to life is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and there are few the 1% who find it. Okay, the issue is, and the issue has always been, real repentance. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. This nation needs to repent, but repent of what? What is sin? Few people, in fact, few religious people, understand the definition of sin. As a nation, we need not only to repent, but we need to have the experience of repentance. Your religion is not enough. Too much confidence in religion can be the downfall of a nation. What is real religion? What is real repentance? Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, check us out on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.com. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program. Worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service. And be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.